You're listening to an encore presentation from the Transformation Talk Radio Network. The vibration of change, that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. Yes, it can seem rather elusive to get there, but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, and it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance, from the quality of your inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. Here on The Christine Upchurch Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Are you ready to step into your vibration of change? Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Christine Upchurch Show, where we have stellar conversations to illuminate your journey. I'm speaking to you today from Hubbard Radio, KKNW AM 1150 here in the Seattle area. You may be listening locally. You might be listening on WBLQ AM 1230 in Rhode Island, also reaching Connecticut and New York. You might be listening somewhere across the United States on cable radio network, one of the 35 stations in Australia, or anywhere around the world on Transformation Talk Radio. But I have to tell you, I'm, I'm really excited to have you here today. We are going to be talking about something that is very, very important, but I'm not going to get into that quite yet. First, I want to say hello to my better half in the studio who allows you to hear these conversations, the wonderful Benny Mathers. Good morning, Benny. All the credit to me every time. I don't know. It's a lot of pressure. Oh, I know. You, you've got a lot of pressure going on on that board. You know, I wouldn't want to touch it. But... Well, I wouldn't really sometimes be on your shoes, in your shoes either interviewing. It's, I, I think it's a little stressful for me, but you do very well. Oh, That's thank so you. And you we're too. We're doing those roles uh, specifically. Yes. And I should also give a shout out to... Um, our colleagues out at AM eleven fifty or AM sorry AM twelve thirty in Rhode Island WBLQ um, they're doing their magic to make sure it's heard there as well as on Transformation Talk Radio around the world so thank you whoever's whoever's at the board there I appreciate you too you know if you're anything like me you've been on your journey you know, you've been on your path to wholeness at least struggling your way there. And sometimes it's pleasant and sometimes it hurts like the Dickens, um, but it can be kind of overwhelming. And my author, to, or my, my guest today is an author and she's a counselor. She also is what um, she refers to as an awakening mentor. I'd like to refer to her as an awakening leader on the planet. She's actually local here in Kirkland, Washington. We've talked to people all over the world and, and today we're talking to somebody local. And her name is Mary O'Malley. Now, Mary's the author of four books. The, the first three are The Gift of Our Compulsions, Belonging to Life, and The Magical Forest of Aliveness. Now, she has you know, been on her own path since her, the early 1970s. She had an awakening that helped to shift her relationship with her challenges, and it shifted her from struggling with life to and, and the darkness to embracing the light and the opening to more. She's taught extensively throughout the United States, Canada, and Denmark. And, you know, she's got this amazing new book. I'm just, I'm so in love with this book. It is a gem. I'm also absolutely in love with the title, What's in the Way is the Way, Moving Beyond Your Struggle into the Joy of Being Fully Alive. I'd like to welcome our guest today, Mary O'Malley. Welcome, Mary, to the Christian Upchurch Show. Oh, wonderful to be here. So glad we can explore together. Oh, yes. This is going to be fun. You know, I know that there are a lot of people out there who um, think that what's in the way is something to 
transcend or avoid or surpass. And you have a different perspective. But before we get into that, I'd love for our listeners to hear about your own personal journey. How, How did you get from struggling to embracing what's in the way? Well, I think that, you know, it's a little bit like Goldilocks. Uh, you know, the, the porridge is too hot, the mm-hmm. porridge is too cold, the porridge is just right. And, you know, all of us are given great challenges, mm-hmm. you know, in our lives. Yeah. That seems to be our ticket into what I call this schoolroom right. that is the earth. And uh, and I was given uh, almost too many challenges. Uh, you know, just a, a childhood I would never like to... Uh, have to live again. Mm -hmm. But it was enough that I began to ask really honest, open-ended questions. I I didn't recognize I was doing that for a long time. It just came out of desperation. You know, Mm -hmm. I tried to kill myself three times. The last time I tried to kill myself and it wasn't working and I felt such extreme Mm self-hatred. You know, uh, I asked, uh, life, uh, you know, if I can't get out of this, what is this all about? Mm -hmm. And that was in my mid-20s. And very shortly thereafter, a teacher came into my life that taught me in the seeing is the movement. Mm. So everybody had tried to fix me as I went down this path to ever, ever deepening darkness. Uh-huh. I tried to fix me. Yeah. And this teacher said, There's nothing that needs to be fixed or changed Mm. or different. It is just in your ability to bring your attention and your immediate experience together that this bound-up energy that we all take on Mm -hmm. is actually transformed. I I sometimes call us alchemists. You know, we, we learn how to transform our holdings back into free-flowing aliveness. Mm -hmm. But he didn't teach it with great heart. And it wasn't until I had the very good grace to hang out a lot with a man called Stephen Levine. Oh, yeah, I love him. Oh, my goodness. And and he's written many books on death and dying, but Uh uh, don't don't be fooled by that. You know, he said, uh, you know, a couple of Tibetan lamas and thousands of people on the deathbed taught him how to reconnect with life again, Mm -hmm. how to be fully alive. Or he would say, die before you die. Mm -hmm. Die into this process. That's what we're hungry for. But I didn't know how to meet myself in my own heart. Mm -hmm. And so that is what he gave me. And that put me on this path that none of this have I ever been trained for, but they just, these, you know, speaking and leading retreats and writing books just showed up. And I found that as I learned how to soften into life, life lived me. Mm. And that's the only way to live as far as I can see. So it's not about... um structuring our lives, controlling our lives, right? Um, achieving the goals of getting through our obstacles. Right, right. In fact, you know, if you really watch the mind and how it operates, you know, if you decide that this is not okay where I'm at and I should be here, mm-hmm. it takes effort, but it also creates an equal and opposite resistance. 
That is why the U.S. Surgeon General report said that 98% of every pound that is lost in America is gained back plus some within a year and a half. And the Mm -hmm. key is the plus some, because we have used our minds to try to control life, not understanding that life is in control of life. And life does a heck of a lot better job than we do. And it is uh, uh, discovering how to kind of let go of the steering wheel of the car of life and discovering not only that life drives the car quite well, Mm -hmm. but the great joy of learning again how to be that innocence that we had when we were very young, the innocence that is engaged with life as it is, not with how we think it should be. And Stephen tells a story about a woman that uh, was 93 years old, and she was on her deathbed, and she said, it can't end now because it hasn't started yet. Oh, dear. She had spent her life trying to be what she thought she should be, Uh but she was never taught how to be curious and spacious around what life is offering Mm -hmm. right now. (laughs) Well, it it seems, Mary, that... Somehow we'd have to shift our belief system because I think that we've learned to judge that there's certain experiences, certain feelings that are okay and others right. that are not. How, how do we shift that? Well, it's understanding that we have three brains. And you know, I was interviewed for a book called M Braining, the letter M, multiple braining, mm-hmm. uh, a number of years ago. And these guys had uh, gathered 600 of the leading edge uh, scientific papers about how our is our main brain. There's just been too many studies done on it. And then there's so, the Mary, abdominal you, you brain. Bro- you broke up there for just a second. What's the main brain? The heart. The heart. the main okay. brain. So many studies have done that show that this heart is our main brain. And then there also there's the abdominal brain. And the abdominal brain is, the the heart brain is inclusive, the abdominal brain is called the Hara or the Tatian from the Eastern world. You know, they've known about it for thousands and thousands of years. It is where your umbilical cord is connected to your mother. Uh Well, there's an energy umbilical cord that is connected to the wisdom at the heart of life. Uh Both of these brains went offline when we were young. Because all of us were raised by what I call unconscious giants that we thought were gods. Uh And they wounded us. They gave us two sacred wounds, the wound of invasion and the wound of abandonment. Even if they loved us, they gave us these wounds. So what is the wound of invasion? Well, it can go all the way from a parent that thinks that uh, uh, parenting his child is telling them what to do, when to do, how to do it, where to do it, Uh all the way to extreme abuse, Mm -hmm. sexual abuse, physical abuse, so on and so forth. Abandonment can go all the way from a parent that is just too busy to really connect with us, Mm -hmm. all the way to a parent walking out. We all had a mix of both even if our parents really loved us. But we were alone. Mm -hmm. Our parents had left themselves a long time ago. Mm -hmm. So they didn't know how to connect with us. Even if they loved us, they Mm -hmm. didn't know how to be fully here with us. So we learned how to hold our breath, tighten our bodies, 
stash away these deep feelings. I mean, the rage we feel when our older brother takes our toy and taunts us with it. Mm-hmm. Or the despair when our goldfish dies and our mother said, oh, it's only a goldfish, mm-hmm. you know. Right. We stuffed it. And we ran away to this mind that we gave it a task, this head brain, that it was never meant to do, and that was be in charge of life. Mm-hmm. And it's dualistic. And it likes this, and it doesn't like that, and thinks mm-hmm. this is good, and that is bad, and this is right, and that is wrong. And if you watch it carefully, it's always trying to get away from what it doesn't like and get towards what it does. Mm-hmm. That never, ever has brought us the peace we long for, because it's always right here, right now. Mm-hmm. So, so this, this we, we need to, comes so, when we understand this dynamic here. Yeah, and, and Mary, I want to hear more about that, including why you refer to these two types of, of wounds as sacred wounds. Um, but we have to go to a quick break. More with Mary O'Malley when we return here on The Christine Upchurch Show. The vibration of change, that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. If you're like I am, it can be rather elusive to get there. But when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, don't you? And it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance, from the quality of that inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. On The Christine Upchurch Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change, with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Join me, Christine Upchurch, every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on KKNW AM 1150 and Transformation Talk Radio and learn new ways to step into your vibration of change. How many times do you find yourself saying, it was nothing? Next time someone tells you, great job, You'll know how to accept it and not deflect it by listening to Courage to be Seen Radio with host Sherry Clark. Sherry Clark is an experienced global engineering leader, coach, and mentor. From her experiences one-on-one coaching to corporate consulting and executive coaching, Sherry has learned many women need at least three things to discover and face success. Learn about the ACES program, how to survive male-dominated fields with grace and authenticity, and reach the top without ever once giving up on who you are. Courage to be Seen host Sherry Clark explores the awesome power of your entire self. Check out her website, CourageToBeSeen.com, and listen to the first Tuesday of the month at 11 a.m. Pacific with host Sherry Clark. You have the courage to be seen. See you later. I'm Christine Upchurch, and this is a Stellar Reflections Minute. For centuries, spiritual traditions have talked about how humans have an energy field, or aura, surrounding them. Although skeptical scientists refuted this for decades, science is now beginning to catch up with spirituality. Scientists can actually measure light emanating from living beings, so they can measure the human aura, which in scientific terms is known as the biofield. Many medical practitioners around the world use an instrument to evaluate a patient's biofield for the purpose of diagnosing illness. They understand that imbalanced or insufficient light in a person's energy field indicates a physical or emotional problem. The good news? There are ways to balance and increase your light, resulting in greater well-being. 
For more information, please check out StellarReflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836. Welcome back to the Kristen Epscher Show here on KKNW and Transformation Talk Radio. I'm having a conversation today with Mary O'Malley. She is a counselor, uh, an inspirational workshop leader, and she's the author of several books. Her most recent book has a title that I absolutely love, What's in the Way is the Way. Now, Mary, before the break, we were talking about um, the different type, the two different types of wounds. Right. The invasion and the abandonment. But at the very beginning of that discussion, you refer to them as sacred wounds. Right. What, what is sacred about those wounds? Well, it, nature answers a lot of questions for me. And you look out in nature and you see it is dualistic. There's hot, there's cold, there's winter, there's spring, there's day, there's night. Every single atom has a positive and negative charge. Mm-hmm. And if there was no such thing as night, you wouldn't recognize day. Day is recognized in relationship to night. And so it just makes sense to me that each one of us come into this earth walk and our ticket in is to take on some of this unconsciousness, some of this darkness that it is made out of fear and it's glued together with judgment and it is always struggling with life. Mostly it's just I don't like how my hair is today or the length of the stoplight, but the struggle when challenges can come, you know, just, you know, flares up into such painful uh, ways. Mm -hmm. So here we are, we take on these wounds in order to see who we truly are. And so in most of spirituality, and I use that in quotes, even therapy, it it is still about getting to the good stuff and leaving the bad stuff behind. And I think, and I put bad in quotes, Uh it's gotten a bad rap. Yeah, it has. if you look at all the great myths of the world, you know, the hero, the heroine is going to get the Holy Grail, and it's in the castle, and you need uh-huh. the key, but you've got to figure out how to, you know, cross over the moat full of crocodiles and all that. The the help that you get in order to go to that castle to get the Holy Grail is not just sitting down by the side of the road. Uh-huh. You know, it's in the places that we most don't want to go. Right. So... I was given, uh, the main experience of life I was given was dread. Oh, my God, it was just so, you know, this horrible, sinking feeling that mm-hmm. all the time something really bad is going to happen, it's going to happen because I did something wrong. Mm-hmm. And I tried positive thinking, I tried affirmations, I tried, right. you know, uh, visualizations, I tried figuring it out, you mm-hmm. know, so on and so forth. And then one day when I met Stephen, I realized that this dread was all alone inside of me. Mm. That was the sacred wound that I was given through my childhood. And I began to become curious about it, how it lived in my body, what its story was. And in the beginning, it was really scary. Uh But as I learned how to stand with a state that I had run away from my whole life, it opened up into joy. Why? Because this was just energy that was bound up inside of me when I was very young, 
and it's like a bear in the woods. When you run away from the bear, the bear runs after you. I have been trying to run away from dread my whole life. And then because that didn't work, and that's why it's a sacred wound, I began to learn the art of turning towards. And when I gave it my attention... I began to realize all this is is bound up energy. We could call it a feeling, Mm -hmm. but it's just bound up energy that when I am with it, just like a friend that's with you when you're really feeling bad and she doesn't really say anything, she's Uh just with you, Uh the energy opens back up again. Right. And we are alchemists, and we thought it was turning lead into gold. It's about turning unconsciousness back into consciousness, which is free-flowing aliveness. It's made out of light, and the quality of that light is love. That's who we really are. So I I love this notion of being curious about those things that we're we're so anxious to eliminate, avoid, suppress. Uh Um, So can you explain a little bit more about the importance of that curiosity? If you really watch children, they're fascinated by everything. You know, the, the, let's see, uh, oh, asparagus really works well as a shampoo in my hair, you know. <laughs> Isn't this interesting, you know? Right. Um, it does. <laughs> and we got shut down very early on. Uh-huh. And our curiosity got trapped in this, what I call the storyteller in our heads, this head brain that is made out of fear, it's glued together with judgment, and it's always trying to get away from what it doesn't like and get towards what it does like. And so we have lost sight of the phenomenal power of curiosity. Mm -hmm. Curiosity is about being interested in what is happening right now, even fascinated And believe you me, I tried to fix change, get rid of, rise above, Uh and that just got me into deeper and deeper wells of darkness. And then it was like, you know, I'm holding my hands over my eyes, you know, and then then you kind of crack a finger and you look and you go, oh, you know, and then you close your fingers again. I began to be curious about fear. That was the first thing I began to become curious about. Uh And there's a 10-week process in the book that that uh, is at the end of each chapter of the first 10 chapters. There's an 11th chapter, which is called The Song of the Heart, which brings it all together, which is, oh, just so delightful. But this practice, this remembering section, Mm -hmm. starts very slowly because the muscle of our attention, our curiosity, is caught in this thinking thing that happens all day long. It tumbles. It says, I'm mad. You think you're mad. If you're sad, you think you're sad. Uh And you tumble from one thought to another. My job is to wake up your curiosity, and you begin to be able to say, you know, when, let's say, you have your boss has just called you in for a meeting and your heart starts pounding wildly, uh-huh. you know, and, and you, you get to the place where you, you can hardly breathe, and then all of a sudden you go, oh, wait, what's here? Oh, uh-huh. anxiousness is here. Right. That's the shift from unconscious. Oh, my God, I'm so anxious. What is he going to say? Oh, my God, I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to be a homeless lady tomorrow. (laughs) That's what the separate self does. Uh It's a drama, trauma addict. Uh But who you are can stand with what is. And the more you, oh, this is anxiousness. Mm -hmm. You may only be able to stay with it for a moment or two, 
But that develops over time so that when anxiousness comes, it now just passes right through you. Or aloneness or shame or Mm -hmm. anger or despair. It is totally possible to discover how to be curious enough about your immediate experience that you don't get caught in it. Mm. So with this awareness, Mary, one of the things I really love about your book is it's what you talk about isn't just awareness of the mind. You go right. one step further. Can you share with our listeners about that? Well, I just got back from leading a retreat in Costa Rica in the rainforest. I mean, oh, just imagine it, 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 just this beautiful, beautiful meditation hall deep in the rainforest. And I do meditation retreats, but we do a, a lot of sharing because there's so much wisdom inside of everybody. And when you discover everybody else is caught in this separate self, you know, uh, as much as uh, as you are, mm-hmm. you begin to become, you know, so uh, so much uh, more free. And so, who we are is the space that all of this struggle is happening in. Mm-hmm. And there's two core qualities. Well, let's say the qualities of the struggling self are fixing, changing, judging, getting rid of, rising above, Mm -hmm. uh, wishing it would all go away, numbing ourselves, compulsions, and all that. Right. Awareness, who we really are, or I sometimes call it consciousness, has two qualities. The first is curiosity. Uh And I began by opening people to just listen the music of the rainforest. This is the living moment of your life. This has never been this way before. It will never be this way again. And of course, the howling monkeys would come and we would listen them to talk one another. Uh And then you would slip back into your storyteller. And then I would remind them, no, come back, come back. And you begin to realize there's something else going on here other than your struggling self. So that's the quality of curiosity. The other quality is for many years I've called it compassion, mm-hmm. but it limits it too much. I call it spaciousness, that it includes compassion, but it's this ability to not go to war with whatever you are experiencing. So it's, it's not only the awareness, but a, a loving presence in, exactly. in, in, in the existence of that awareness. Exactly, because that's who we really are. Remember what I said earlier, our main brain is our heart, and they've shown that. They've shown it scientifically that, you know, if you put people, hook them up to uh, computers that randomly shows, you know, horrific pictures or beautiful pictures, and you hook your body, your brain, and your heart up to monitors, the Uh heart always responds first. Right, right. And for many people, the heart responds six to eight seconds before the computer has even chosen the picture. I know. I love that. Isn't that amazing? It really is. Why? Think of this brain that we've lived in most all the time. It's dualistic. It's at war with life. It likes this. It doesn't like that. Uh The heart brain, inclusive. Mm. It is connected to everything. And this is our home. How do we get there? It's really important to recognize you've never 
left it. So trying Mm -hmm. to get there isn't what gets you there. It's (laughs) beginning to see all the parts of yourself and see them with great kindness Mm -hmm. that have been conditioned to struggle with life. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, we're going to have to go to another quick break. Um, wanted to mention your website, Mary, before we go to break. It's maryomalley.com. Is that right? Yes. And then we have another website uh, up, just what's in the way is the way. And they can go and see that this book is getting phenomenal endorsements yes. from, you know, Christiana Northrup to Bernie Siegel to Stephen oh. Levine to Jack Cornfield to, it's just so exciting. And, and Jeff Foster, uh, who is kind of the latest and greatest uh, when he he endorsed it. He said, this work is medicine for the world. Yes, it's so important. But we're, we're fortunate enough to have you back for the second half hour. We're going to go to a quick break. More with Mary O'Malley when we return here on the Christine Upchurch Show. This is Peggy Snow, practitioner at Stellar Reflections with a Stellar Reflections Minute. So many people these days are trying to find ways to relieve their stress. What happens to our breathing when we're feeling overwhelmed and stress? When we tune in, we realize that we're either holding our breath or taking very shallow breath. To signal the body that all is well, which most of the time it is, sometimes all that is needed is a nice, deep breath to break the cycle. First, exhale to get all the stale air out by engaging the abdominal muscles and blowing gently. Next, take a nice, full breath in, feeling it fill your body all the way down to your hips. Release fully and enjoy the freedom of movement. Notice how your body feels. Do you feel refreshed? Calmness is only a breath away. This has been a Stellar Reflections Minute. For more information about what we offer at Stellar Reflections, visit us at StellarReflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836. Calling all moms. It's time to awaken your vibrant, intuitive, and loving self in every area of your life. Join host Debbie Pokornik as she shares thoughts, stories, and tools to help you stand in your power at work, home, and play. Listen to Vibrant Powerful Moms, helping everyday women create extraordinary lives every Monday at 3.30 p.m. Pacific, 6.30 Eastern. For more information about Debbie, visit VibrantPowerfulMoms.com. Is traditional medicine not working for you? Do you still feel as if your health isn't 100%? Here at the Holistic Medical Center, Dr. Nushin Darvish and the qualified staff look through the dimensions of wellness and start a healing plan prioritized to your needs. Our physicians assess the whole you until complete health is achieved. Get the help you need by visiting drdarvish.com or call 425-451-0404. The Vibration of Change that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. If you're like I am, it can be rather elusive to get there, but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, don't you? And it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance from the quality of that inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. On The Christine Upchurch Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. 
Join me, Christine Upchurch, every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on KKNW AM 1150 and Transformation Talk Radio and learn new ways to step into your vibration of change. Welcome back to the Christine Upchurch Show here on KKNW CRN and Transformation Talk Radio. I'm having a wonderful conversation today with Mary O'Malley. She is the author of numerous books, including her most recent, What's in the Way is the Way, Moving Beyond Your Struggle into the Joy of Being Fully Alive. You know, Mary, um, I know we were talking on, on the break about the movie Labyrinth, and it's a wonderful analogy. Could you share with our listeners about... Um, the different pieces of of that movie because it's it's just it's it's wonderful. I think you should isn't share. It, isn't yes. it powerful? And and if people are interested, I, I write about it in the first chapter of Belonging to Life, and they're not interested in getting the book, just email me, and I will have my uh, gal send the chapter because it, it and it's a movie you can rent, you can get it on Netflix, done by Jim Henson, who uh, is is was a very aware human being. And uh, I first understood that in watching his movie, The Dark Crystal, and at the end, the good guys and the bad guys, rather than the good guys overcoming the bad guys, they merge together. I thought, oh. So when The Labyrinth came out, I watched it, and it's about the labyrinth of our minds that we all get caught into. And it starts with a beautiful young woman in a long, white, flowing dress, reading from a book of sonnets. And you think you're in 15th century England, and she reads this poem, which is about all of our journeys through dangers untold and hardships unnumbered. I have fought my way here to the castle beyond the goblin city to take back the child which you have stolen. For my will is as strong and my kingdom is as great. And then she forgets the last line. Uh-huh. And she's, the, the Goblin King is about our minds, that it, it was never meant to take over. And it does take away our innocence, our aliveness. So all of a sudden the town clock strikes. It starts raining. She picks up her dress to start running. There's jeans underneath. So all of a sudden you go from 15th century England, you know, to uh, 20th century. Uh-huh. And she gets home, and there's the shaming stepmother. We all took on shame. Yes. Not did. only guilt, I have done wrong, but shame, I am wrong. Uh-huh. And the parents leave. She goes up, and here is her innocence, representative of her half-brother. She hates it. We all hate our vulnerabilities mm. until we touch them with our heart. And she says, oh, I wish, I wish. And she goes, oh, no, I can't say that, you know. But uh-huh. finally, she gets so frustrated with this crying child, she goes out, slams the door, and says, I wish the Goblin King would take you. Uh-huh. And horrible noise. She goes back into the room, and the child is gone. But there is the Goblin King, and he's come in through this big window, and uh, and he's carrying a crystal ball, which is our mind. You know, because that's the mind says, oh, I'll just give you anything you want. And he says, oh, you don't want the child. You don't want your innocence. I'll give you this crystal ball. And she says, no, no. And he takes her over to the window and shows her that in order to get to the castle beyond the Goblin City where the child is, you have to go through that labyrinth. I got caught in that labyrinth of despair and loneliness, mm. and this is all happening because there was something wrong with me, right. and fear, and not enoughness, and all that. And then life began to show me 
the way out of the labyrinth, and that's why I write books and do retreats and so on and so forth. And she does get to the uh, the castle, and she does get the child. And then the Goblin King, the mind, confronts her again. Oh, no, that's not what you want. You know, I'm your best friend. Uh-huh. And she starts saying the poem again. And then she forgets the last line. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, just like three cherries on the slot machine, you can see in her eyes she has remembered it. And she says to the Goblin King, you no longer have any power over me. Mm. Now, fear just comes. I have a very close family member whose cancer has come back. It's metastasized Mm -hmm. to his lungs. Mm -hmm. This has been a very intense process. Sadness comes. Trying to control the process comes. Mm -hmm. uh, All of that. But I don't get hooked in them. And I acknowledge them. I recognize them. And then I soften my belly and come back to this living moment. And, you know, so many people said to me after The Power of Now came out, I'm not very good at being in the now. Mm -hmm. And so much of it is because we decided it was something we had to do. (laughs) Yeah. And we decided being in the now is being with the good stuff. Being right. in the now is, oh, being in the now, oh, this is so wonderful. Uh-huh. Well, the now includes death, pain, loss, but we do not recognize the intense suffering that we bring into our lives by resisting that. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, it, uh, I'm a little tired because this has been going on for, you know, a month now, but, uh, but, it is this sense of watching. I, I invite people to become a tightness detective because as soon as your body tightens or your mind tightens or your emotions tighten, you're caught in that labyrinth. You're caught in the fear-based separate self. And just the act of softening, especially your belly, mm-hmm. and bringing your attention back right here mm-hmm. makes it all so much more workable, livable, meetable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's that, that loving awareness that you talk about, that yeah. compassionate awareness. Yes. That's so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you, you've talked about fear. Um, how do we have a different kind of relationship with mm-hmm. fear? The uh, in belonging to life, I wrote a whole chapter on fear, uh-huh. and in what's in the way is the way I whole, wrote a whole chapter on uh-huh, fear. Right. And the title of that chapter is "Fear, Nothing to Be Afraid of." <laughs> yeah, to get it, it's just we have been taught to believe that fear is real. What's uh-huh. that? An acronym for fear? F E A R. Fake evidence appearing is real. Yeah, false evidence. We have been, real. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. we have been taught to believe that it's real. It knows what it's talking about, and uh, if we were very honest with ourselves, maybe one percent of our fears are needed. It's mm-hmm. the biological fear that when you step off the curb and the bus is coming, it honks its horn and the whole body jerks back. Sure. But 99% of our fears are just stories 
in our head. And they don't see the truth. And we traumatize ourselves over and over again. So oftentimes when I am first working with somebody, I will connect them to their breath because what happens is that when fear comes, we tighten our breath. The tightening of the breath actually sets off the fight-or-flight system, Mm -hmm. and so that the fear gets stronger and then the breath and the body gets tighter and we go into this unending loop that, you know, ends in falling down into helpless, hopeless despair. So the the emotion turns into the physical physiological um, reaction and which triggers the emotion some more so that's that's the cycle you're talking about yeah the whole thing makes perfect sense yeah and I was caught in that loop until I began to become curious and I am somebody that has the right to say that fear is nothing to be afraid of it's just a story in your head so I oftentimes work with people with just softening their belly and beginning to open up their breath again because that turns on the calming aspect mm-hmm. of the nervous system. And from that place, we can begin to explore, you know, actually ask your fear, what is your view of life? It's so telling. I have sometimes people just sit down with a piece of paper, mm-hmm. and if fear is there, ask it, what is it, what is it feeling right now? And I invite them to write down one-liners. It's very powerful to see whether it's your fear or your sadness or your loneliness or your anger or your not-enoughness, they are all very young because they were frozen inside of us when we had no support, when they were oceanic, when we were very young. Mm -hmm. And when you begin to listen to it, you begin to really see that all of these have very specific views of the world that are not in alignment with how your aware self lives life at all. Uh They need to be seen. They need to be heard. They need to be loved. And they calm down. And when they do arise, like they do it with me at times, they just pass right through. Wonderful. And it's like you're, you're saying that the wounded child has... Um, created this story, and yeah. by having, again, the compassionate awareness and curiosity about yeah. it, you're able to explore it and trans transmute it. Exactly. Well, it, it, I, 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 we have to be very careful there. It's not so much that we transmute it as it is that we give it the accepting attention it needs so it lets go. Right. That's a really, really important point because you'll see when the mind starts learning how to uh-huh. do this, and I, I teach this in the in the 10-part series at the end of each of the chapters, uh-huh. you know, how you can become an alchemist, uh, that in the first phase of it, the mind will begin to see how powerful this is, and uh-huh. it will try to make things go away right. through the power of your attention. And then you begin to see that doesn't work, right. and then you begin to realize it's all being with, being interested, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, you can just kind of uh, guide yourself through that by asking, well, if a child was experiencing this, how would I be with them? Mm-hmm. Or if I had a very awake mother, how would I have liked her to be with me in mm-hmm. this situation? Yeah, so it's it, instead of trying to achieve something or doing something, it's about allowing it. Exactly. Yeah, and yeah. being there with it. It's been waiting our whole lives mm-hmm. for somebody to say, 
I see you. Yes. It's okay that you're here. Tell me about your world. We need to go to another quick break, but more with Mary O'Malley when we return here on The Christine Uptridge Show. I'm Christine Upchurch, and this is a Stellar Reflections Minute. For centuries, spiritual traditions have talked about how humans have an energy field, or aura, surrounding them. Although skeptical scientists refuted this for decades, science is now beginning to catch up with spirituality. Scientists can actually measure light emanating from living beings, so they can measure the human aura, which in scientific terms is known as the biofield. Many medical practitioners around the world use an instrument to evaluate a patient's biofield for the purpose of diagnosing illness. They understand that imbalanced or insufficient light in a person's energy field indicates a physical or emotional problem. The good news? There are ways to balance and increase your light, resulting in greater well-being. For more information, please check out StellarReflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836. What is a brilliant culture, and how do we create them? Why are they important? Claudette Rowley has created a breakthrough five-step process to help you align your culture with your business strategy for exceptional results. Looking for a culture that drives organizational excellence? Listen to Cultural Brilliance Radio, the second and fourth Friday of each month at 10 a.m. Pacific and 1 p.m. Eastern on Transformation Talk Radio. To learn more or work with Claudette, visit culturalbrilliance.com. Are you willing to challenge everything you've been taught about life and death? Join Angie Corbett Kuyper on her hit show, Beyond Grief Radio. Redefining loss and grief as Angie shares through choice, present moment awareness, and keeping an open mind that creating anything is possible, even in death. Tune in every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. For more information or to listen to past shows, visit AngieCorbettKuyper.com. Have you been seeing numbers like 111 and 222 everywhere you go? Do you feel that the universe may be trying to get your attention, perhaps offering a message of some sort? As it turns out, numerical patterns and certain types of geometry form the very fabric of our reality, from cells under a microscope to the astronomy of our night sky. At Stellar Reflections, we offer special sessions which tap into these patterns, designed specifically to support you on your journey. The 111 and 222 activations are sessions activating new patterns in your energy field, which in turn can help you create new patterns in your life. After just one session with a practitioner, either in person or via distance, clients report gaining greater clarity, becoming more intuitive, and honoring their inner truth as they move forward in their lives. Curious about what these transformational sessions might do for you? Call 425-999-9836 or visit StellarReflections.com. That's StellarReflections.com. Welcome back to the Christine Uptridge Show here on KKNW and Transformation Talk Radio. I am having a conversation with one of the most enlightened beings on the planet, I'm convinced, Mary O'Malley, the author of What's in the Way is the Way. Now, Mary, I love what you talk about in terms of the different stages of consciousness, the phases of consciousness. Can you share with our listeners um, your perspective on what these stages are? Well, it, it, I have an armchair on the moon. I have a whole bunch of armchairs on the moon. 
and I think it's very important to go up the moon and and look at this whole dance from a broader perspective. Mm-hmm. And when you look at it, you realize at one time the Earth was just gas and dust, mm-hmm. you know. And slowly and surely, it's brought forth all of this vast creativity, all the way from zebras to aardvarks to you know icebergs to human beings. And so, life is an evolving process, and that is true in consciousness. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, uh, Joe Salk said that uh, evolution has been happening in you know biologically for zillions of years now. Sure. Now it is happening in human consciousness, and Michael Beckwith created the four uh, stages of consciousness, and I added two to them. And I think your reader, uh, your listeners, will understand you know uh, when I add the two in the middle. But the first is life is happening to me, and that's mm-hmm. where most people live. You know, and we could call it the victim consciousness. I'm not oh, yeah. using victim as a judgmental way at all. It's just life is happening to me, and I've got to fight with it. Uh-huh. Okay, and they're done that. For and many me years. too. Yep. Yep. Me too. You know, then you go into buy me. And by me is where you begin to feel this sense of empowerment, and it's so much like I create my reality, and I can have everything I want, and it takes you out of the helplessness of the to, uh, of the uh, to me, and it gives you a sense of empowerment. But if you live it very long, you begin to see that it makes you afraid of your thoughts, uh-huh, and right. it, you're very judgmental. Well, everybody else has been, you know, they've been able to create the reality they want. Nobody has, you know, yeah. uh, but because the mind does not create reality. Reality does. So when you've done that enough, you begin to move into life is happening in me. You begin to realize a lot of what we've explored today. Oh, I've got this struggling self, but I've also got this aware heart, and I've got this this body that's full of light that gets contracted, and I get caught in my head again. You begin to explore that. And the more you explore that, the more you begin to move into life is happening for me. Mm-hmm. You begin to realize that, you know, like, for example, one time you were one cell that was so tiny you couldn't even see it with a naked eye, and it developed into 70 trillion cells. And when was the last time you digested your food or regulated your temperature or whatever, moistened your eyes, uh-huh. for heaven's sake? There is an intelligence that doesn't exit left stage in the dance of our daily life, that we are given the exact set of experiences that we need. In fact, there's a wonderful quote of Eckhart Tolle, you you are given the exact set of experiences you need in order to become a conscious human being. How do we know you're having the right set of experiences? Because you're having them. Right. <laughs> but yeah, the fact that they, they are, they exist, yes. Exactly. And that's the for me place. Uh-huh. Then, and those are the two that I added, the in me, for me. That leads you to the fifth stage, which is through me. And this is where you begin to relax into life. And you begin to dance with life. You begin to wake up every morning with this sense of adventure. Mm -hmm. It's going to open and close. It's going to get easy and difficult. But you just become interested in it. You know it's all for you. So now your attention is much more focused on what is happening in this living moment rather than wanting it to be different than what it is. Mm -hmm. And that leads you to the last level 
as you, and that's becoming the dance. And I think most of us won't know that, you know, until we leave our bodies. Mm-hmm. But but we can get glimpses of that even when we're in the body, when we recognize we are everything. Mm-hmm. We are the oneness. We are a manifestation of that oneness that is connected to everything. And so on any given day, we can, you know, I mean, we could, you know, let me tell you, when we heard about the cancer diagnosis, you know, I went into to me, mm-hmm. you know, yep, yep. but I didn't stay there very long. And I tried to go into buy me, but I realized this is his process. Yes. It's not my job to take it away from him. Uh-huh. Great gifts can come out of this. Yeah. So I did a lot of in me, for me, through me. And it's just wonderful being with him at the hospital because he's having to go in for intensive, aggressive chemotherapy four times in the, in these three months here and then surgery. And it's mm-hmm. just such a great meditation retreat because the mind contracts and mm-hmm. so does the body. Right. And then the body softens, the heart opens, and I'm just back dancing with the living mm-hmm. process. Beautiful. You know, Mary, this hour has flown by, and I'm so grateful you've been here with me and our listeners today. It's your latest book. I, I've only read your, your latest book, and I'm going to be um, looking for your other books as well. What's in the Way is the Way is a very powerful experience. It's a, it's a wonderful book. I highly recommend it. And, you know, I'm finding that some of these um, the exercises that you give are actually quite helpful. And I thank you for writing this book and getting this information out there to more, you know, beyond oh. your own clients. Yes. You are welcome. It is my joy because I feel that right now our planet is on an evolutionary shift and it's going to be healed one person at a time as we heal the war inside of ourselves that we've been conditioned into. Wonderful. Thank you again. And thank you, listeners, for joining us here today. I've got a couple of quick announcements. Um, First, uh, I have to tell you, I am going to be offering a class April 25th, an all-day workshop, and I'm not actually going to tell you what it's about quite yet, but I do want to just have you like look at the date, and, and, and I have to tell you that there's been something I've been thinking about, intuiting about, writing about. It's what my upcoming book's about. I'm going to be sharing that within the context of a workshop. I'm really excited about it, and I hope that if you're local, you'll join us there today on, on that date, April 25th. I also want to mention that um, March 7th, I'm going to be on the Manson Mitchell Show. So I'll be at the other end of the microphone. So I want to thank everybody for joining us here today, and I look forward to talking to you again really soon. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you'd like to empower yourself to step further into your vibration of change, please visit my website at christineupchurch.com, where you can learn more about my insights, upcoming events, and private sessions. You've just heard an encore presentation from the Transformation Talk Radio Network. For more information about the network, visit TransformationTalkRadio.com.